Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Green, and I've written a new book called God's Healing Code, A Biblical Prescription Restoring Body and Soul. It's for anyone who wants to improve their health naturally with biblical wisdom. I show my readers specific strategies for healthy eating and reasonable exercise right from the pages of the Bible. Through stories of real people, we demystify much of the confusion surrounding diabetes, heart disease, obesity, and chronic pain. I explain how ancient Hebrew makes it easy to know how food can be healing and exercise fun and doable at any age. I look forward to spending time with you on the upcoming interview with Jeff Morton and Dr. Dina Dye on a special health edition of Returning to Eden. Until then, find out more about biblical health and how to get a jump start on restoring your energy and vitality at GodsHealingCode.com. Good evening, everybody. This is Jeff Morton, your host. You are tuned in to Returning to Eden. And, uh, you know, my co-host is sick. <laughs> uh, she came back from Ireland uh, several days ago, Dina, Dr. Dina Dye, that is. And, uh, boy, she has just been going through it. She uh, let me know that she had an upper respiratory problem, bronchial, all kinds of stuff, and she said, and I'll try to quote her, she said that was the worst 17 hours of travel of her life. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know many of you are praying for her, several of you know that she is sick, and so uh, we just continue to raise prayers that she gets better, and she apparently lost her voice over the last couple of days, feeling a little bit better. I talked to her earlier today. Uh, but she also has the Revive uh, thing going on down in Dallas, Texas next week, where she is a speaker. So uh, I do just encouraged her to take the time off and just sit back and relax and not worry about trying to be here. Uh, besides, I didn't really think she would sound all too well to all of you with laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, naturally agreed. So, Dr. Dye, if you're listening, we sure hope you feel better soon and uh, get this thing behind you so that you can come here and tell us all about your trip to Ireland, the fascinating pictures and some of the commentary that you sent with the pictures and whatnot. It's going to be an interesting uh, show to hear about some of the connections you were making. So we're looking forward to you coming back, Tina, you've been gone for three weeks. Enough is enough. It's time for you to be back here and continue teaching us. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to kind of go solo tonight. I do want to mention a couple of things, though. We are going to have either on the 5th or the 12th of July, Dr. Chris Green, we're going to have him talking about his new book, which I have here in my hand. Uh it's called God's Healing Code, a Biblical Prescription, Restoring Body and Soul. Dr. Green is a chiropractor, and he got together uh, with some really good friends of mine, Dr. Danny Ben-Gigi and Frank Seekins, uh, kind of guided him a little bit on the writing of this book. And in this book, he goes 
all the way back. He's restoring the body back to sort of a Hebraic understanding using the language of the ancient world to kind of talk about how the body works. It's a good book. Uh, and so we're going to schedule him. He'll probably be doing an hour show. Dina being sick and being gone, we really haven't discussed uh, either the 5th or the 12th yet, but we'll let you know. And I'm looking forward to having him on. I've spent a lot of time on the phone with Dr. Green talking about his book and other things. He um, he really enjoys understanding the Hebraic language uh, and the Paleo-Hebrew and, and all of the things that, that have been hidden from us. So I'm looking forward to him and looking forward to my co-host returning us. Tonight, uh, Scott, the owner of Worship and Word Radio, who engineers our program uh, virtually every week, uh, he's actually joining us, and so he might pop in every once in a while and say a few things or ask a couple of questions. But Scott, who has been doing this now for several years and now is um, hosting our program on his uh, radio network, Worship and Word Radio, uh, you know, I met Scott. He came up here when we had Skip Moen in town, and I met him and got a chance to know him a lot better. I've known him going on about, what, three years now, I think, Scott? It's got to be about three years. Yeah, give or take yeah, a little he, bit. He's got his microphone off. But he, what you folks don't know is he's in Southern California in the high desert, and I'm up here near Seattle, Washington, Tacoma. And, but we can, we're video looking at each other right now. So, uh, Scott, thank you for all that you do for returning to Eden. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad to be back on your network. Say hello to our audience. Well, you're welcome, Jeff. It's a pleasure uh, to be with you guys. And uh, I enjoy doing this each and every week. And uh, my lovely daughter gets to yes. fill in and engineer if I get called out on an emergency job and I can't come back home in time to the studio to do this. But it's a pleasure. I love having you and Dr. Die on, and uh, it's a pleasure to do it, and it's just part of what I do to serve the king. And uh, just to kind of share with you guys how this works quickly before I get into what I want to talk to you about, uh, we come on about 5.30, or Dina's time, I guess it would be, what is she, seven, two hours? We come on a half an hour before broadcast time. We kind of go over the show notes and certain things uh, that we want to talk about. And we're usually laughing and giggling and having a good time uh, just before the show goes on. And, of course, sometimes we're laughing and giggling during the show <laughs> because we can all see each other. And it makes it a lot easier. One of the things that Dina really enjoys about doing the broadcast is we do have a video connection. Uh, but I'm I'm going to, um, let's see, was there anything else I want to talk to you about? Um, you know, I would encourage you to uh, go to Dina's website. It's Foundations in Torah. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about her website uh, because, believe it or not, I'm learning a lot. I've been on her website for the last couple of days. Uh, actually going over a couple of teachings that I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Uh, on her website, which is Foundations in Torah, she has, there's, there's several ways that you can uh, be a member on her, her, her website. She has what is called the Peshat, so when you go to her website, you'll see uh, on one of the tabs it says Membership, and then you click on that and you'll see the Peshat, which is free, then she's got the Remez, which is $10 a year. 
and then she has Durash, which is $20 a month. And lastly, she has what is sewed, which is $25 a month. And sewed is the one that allows you to download the material. So if you become a member and you pay these fees, there, there are various things that you can and cannot do depending on what you can afford. But I have a sewed membership. Uh, and, of course, this is all pardes, if you understand uh, some of the Hebraic thought behind this. Uh, and I won't get into all of that, but she kind of uh, aptly has shoes pardes, <laughs> which is basically uh, Hebraic exegesis, and uh, broken it down four ways so that you can participate and, and help support what she does and uh, also protect the website. That's very, very important because there's so much information on that and the cost to protect it. Uh, is kind of why you are paying the membership fee. But there's two things on there that I have been enthralled with uh, for several months now, and I started going back through and listening and uh, kind of going back through a couple of uh, teachings that she has on there. But I want to give you a little background as to why. And, and my heart for all of this is really focused on women. So... I'm not, I'm not an eloquent speaker, so to speak, so you're going to have to bear with me, and or I really strongly encourage you to go check out these two teachings, because in my opinion, uh, these two teachings kind of define this broadcast, Returning to Eden. Uh, one of the teachings that she has on there is called Wisdom and the World Outside of Time. Now, this is a series, and you can buy the series. You can go to her website, and you can click on, uh, I think it's in, uh, I forget the tab, but I think it's uh, store or whatever it is. But you click on it, and you can see all of the various teachings that she has for sale. Wisdom and the World Outside of Time was one of the first ones that I listened to, and uh, it's twenty four ninety five. You can just order it. Or if you're a member, you can just click on it. If you're in the, I think it's a $20, I don't know. You just ha I don't have a website in front of me. I don't know why. I can bring it up on my other screen, but I don't have it. Because I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. I did want to point out to you what the Bashad is free. Ramez, $10 a year. Darash, $20 a month. And sold $25 a month. The SOD membership allows you to download the very material that I'm talking about tonight. So anyway, the teaching Wisdom and the World Outside of Time. Uh, I actually purchased this and sent it to a couple of people, one being my sister Desi in Rochester, New York, because uh, <laughs> it, 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 in our understanding of the world, we kind of look at things from a scientific perspective. We kind of look at it from ask the question, find the answer. And usually that we rely on our reference points, whether it's our education, uh, the way we thought, process, study. Uh, everything that we do, they didn't do. And so if you go back to the ancient world, which is what Dean is talking about here in the wisdom, wisdom in the world outside of time, they're dealing with a mythological world. 
They don't have the spaceships. They don't have the telescopes. They're not peering into the cosmos to uh, Hubble. They only have the place where the gods dwelled and the earth and the underworld. This is kind of, uh, for those of you who have been following us for a length of time, this is, we're going to stay here on this, this whole concept of the heavens, the earth, and what's underneath the earth. That's the way they would have seen the world. They would have understood the world as the place where the gods dwelt, where men dwelt, and where Leviathan or the enemies of the whole world exist. But when it comes to wisdom, we've been taught, I asked, uh, I asked uh, a friend of mine today, what does wisdom mean? I asked two people. I even asked Scott, what does wisdom mean? And Scott, what was your, well, if you're able to, what was the answer that you gave when I asked you the question, what is wisdom? Give me the exact thing. The right application put your, of knowledge. Put your microphone down. Oh, that one, yes. There you go. They can probably still hear me because I got two going here. Uh, the okay. right application of knowledge. The right application of knowledge. Okay, so hold on to that thought for a minute because I asked another person what was wisdom and he gave a very similar answer, okay? But if I ask that question in the ancient world, if I were to ask, uh, let's see, some, some friend of Abraham, what is wisdom? That friend would have said, oh, you mean God's queen, the queen of heaven, the queen of the place outside of time, the mother of the house, the woman, the feminine? They would have understood that question not as an adjective but as an actual being person okay so the unpardonable sin says in Matthew I'm gonna read this Matthew 12 let's see 12 uh, 31 it says uh, the Bible says therefore I say to you every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven of men and anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man it will be forgiven but whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come so in the Christian mindset the one that most of us are familiar with because we've been listening to this for 1800 years that's like uh, that's like the unpardonable sin that means you're rejecting everything okay you're rejecting the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting the wisdom she brings, you're rejecting everything about God. That's kind of a summary of how we've understood it. But in the ancient world, it would have been, you're rejecting the Queen of Heaven, God's bride. And in Hebrew, you're rejecting Israel, Jerusalem, the temple. So they would have understood that as being someone as opposed to something okay so when I'm listening to wisdom and the world outside of time Dean is going through a litany of scriptures and and references she uses 
uh, Margaret, uh, don't have her name written down, but she, who's a temple scholar, she uses her quite a bit, and she cautions me all the time about her, but uh, that's another conversation. <laughs> but she will say that in the ancient world, wisdom was the thing that held the house together, the thing that raised up the children in the way that they should go, the being that was you know, the intercessor about right or wrong and probably mangling Dina's what she's trying to bring forward. But in a mythical society or a mythical world, that's how they understood the world. This is so important. It is so important that you grab a hold of this. They did not comprehend the world based on a college education degrees and studying, studying, studying. They saw the world as gods, men, and the underworld, period, period. And so we're talking in the program about temple language and we're talking about ancient language and culture and concepts. And the reason we're doing that is because that's the foundation for everything that we've been taught. But if you mess up the foundation, then you've got a really bad construction. And so what Returning to Eden is always talking about is going back to a time where they would have seen wisdom as feminine, female, the woman. Now, this is really important. And I'm going to tell you a story, and it has to do with the personal story. But... Wisdom and the world outside of time is really a game changer if you understand the concept that Dean is bringing forward about wisdom being an actual representation of something as opposed to an action or someone. Like Moses would have called the tree of life, perhaps, the feminine, the thing in the house that brings forth life, the one that bears fruit, the one that causes creation to continue to advance because only the woman can bring forth a child. So the woman has the wisdom and all of the accolades that are part of who the Father is in order to bring forth life. We see Proverbs 31, and Dina talks about this quite a bit. Proverbs 31 is about a wise woman, the woman who instills the virtue of everything that the kingdom is, and she's the one who communicates it to the child, to the person that is to be raised up as a citizen of the kingdom. So we see Proverbs 31, and Dina will tell you Proverbs and parables are one and the same. And she does mention that. So in Wisdom and the World Outside of Time, she goes to great lengths. I think it's 12 or 12 uh, videos long. And even in that, it's a snapshot. But if you want to understand where Dina Dye is coming from, what she is tapped into, she sees something that the Lord showed me in 2011. And it's Dina Dye who's helping me to extrapolate, <clears throat> excuse me, better what that was. 
and I'm going to tell that story before I run out of time. Hey, Jeff, real quick. Um, yes. I have a question about Go this. Ahead. So you're saying that in the ancient world, they thought much of the world, like when we look back at Greek and Roman and other cultures that had mythological sayings and viewpoints of the world, that even back in the ancient times of Abraham or even Job, that their whole world thought like that, similar. Yes. A okay. myth was not a story. It was the science of the world that they knew the cultural integrity of everything that Moses is writing about is not based on uh, conjecture from a scientific uh, pool of information. It's based on a mythological understanding of the world that he was in. That's why he's using all this symbology, allegories, and metaphors in describing the temple. Because in the in that language, the temple would have been a place where the trees were, which would have been the place where the king and the queen was. Mm -hmm. Okay? Gotcha. So, and, and the garden in Eden would have been the temple in Eden. And Eden, if I walked up to Moses and I said, Moses, where is heaven, the dwelling place of God? He would say to me, oh, you're talking about Eden. And we don't understand that the two cherubim were placed at the entrance to the place where Eden is. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that place to be in Jerusalem. But that's what Moses' understanding would have been. We've been barred from returning to the land. Yeah. And now we can take that whole concept and follow it through the scriptures. So mm -hmm. now Israel is allowed to return to the land. The place, the dwelling place where the temple was, the place where the cherubim stand. And the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, he came and made this all possible. So what he's doing, and this is something that Ryan White shared with us last over the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. He shared with us that we think that Jesus is Yeshua is walking through the world telling this wonderful story about God. But actually what he's doing is he's fulfilling the requirements in order to have the land restored. He's healing. He's causing the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dead to live. He's doing something based on the protocol of what the temple represents. So he's actually making preparation for the return of the very reason this was all done in the first place. Everything he's doing is in preparation of the return of the king. Yeah. Everything. There's nothing that he is doing that's outside of the protocol of what's required in the temple in order for the dwelling place of God Almighty in the earth and his bride, wisdom, to be restored. So his death guaranteed that the nation of Israel would be born again and that the protocol of the king would occur and that those scattered around the world would return and that the bride would be restored all of that is in preparation for the great day of the Lord and that's 
we can wander here but your question is a good one because in that world they wouldn't have seen oh Jesus died for the sin of the world and I don't say that sarcastically they just wouldn't have had that understanding we have that understanding they would have had the understanding that the covenants being restored that the nation of Israel is going to be restored that the dwelling place of God Almighty is going to be restored that the two cherubim barring us from being in the presence of the Lord are going to be removed and the fulfillment of the very reason Adam was placed into the temple in the Garden of Eden and given a wife would go forward through Yeshua so it's it's really like I'm trying to say to people, Dr. Dina Dias tapped into something and that is remarkable and I get this and I, I wish I could explain this even better than she does because I get what she's talking about. It's as fluid to me as as is well, as is the story I want to tell you. I don't want to run out of time. Go so right a wise woman builds her house. This is also something you can purchase in her store. Or if you become a member, you can go to uh, and just just view it. This is a giant thing because it talks about a wise woman building a house, or the ruach, or the Holy Spirit, or the woman, or the female, or the bride being restored to building the house. And I'm not talking about the construction of the house, but filling the house with its very purpose to the dwelling place of the God Almighty who would raise up a family to populate all of creation. So the wife or the woman or the wise person, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, Hokadesh, the female, the bride, the queen, is Dina goes into a lot of detail. And so what happens is if for a moment you could divorce yourself from what we've been taught about the trinity of the father and start thinking in terms of the example of the father because a man takes a wife and they come together and they produce children that's a template for everything that the father is doing so if god is the creator and and wisdom is the one that makes us aware of it all then naturally a family is born when the two become one and that represents the bride that represents the wedding that represents the restoration of what was intended in the first place so I would encourage you to go on Dina's website foundations and Torah and purchase these two and particularly women and I know there are several people who have, have who do just that but for those of you who don't know quite what this program's all about and particularly women, there's a reason why the Bible tells us that Hasatan beguiled the woman, wisdom, the one who brings forth life. If he could upset her place, her role, then the corruption of everything afterwards would be done. And that's what's being restored, is the corruption that was brought against wisdom it's an amazing thing I, Scott are you kind of getting this are you kind of seeing this picture that I'm painting <clears throat> yeah I, I'm getting it I'm getting it it's one of those things that's just I'm 
trying to wrap my head around it. And of course, hearing you talk over the years and then um, a little bit of Skip Moen and a couple other people have shed light on some of this um, over the last couple years. Well, it's good that you say that because Skip was a catalyst for this. But really, I read uh, Garden of Peace, and, and which gets me to the heart of the story. Folks, in 2011, I had cancer surgery, stage four. My wife and I were divorced. I wasn't happy about the divorce, but she needed a vacation, apparently. And uh, I was sitting in this house recovering from the cancer surgery. It was brand new. I was still in a lot of pain. I, a lot of things were going on in my body. And I had picked up this book that my very good friend, James Porter, who just had a baby, congratulations, James, uh, he's in his 40s, he and his wife, and they have a baby. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of funny to me. He sent me this book, and a few weeks before surgery, I opened it up, and I looked at a couple of pages, and I went, this is crap. I, I remember throwing the book across the room and saying, I'm not reading this, okay? This is before surgery. After surgery, I'm sitting here recovering, and I'm going, okay, uh, I see that stupid book sitting on the table, and I thought, well, my throat feels like a blowtorch. I've got stitches in the side of my head, uh, and I'm bored, so I'll read that book. So I picked the book up, and I started reading. This was The Garden of Peace by Shalom Arush, Rabbi Shalom Arush. And I got to Chapter 3, and the presence of God Almighty filled up the room. I was all by myself. It was an amazing experience. I can't put it into words. All I can say to you is in that moment reading the book, I had realized my failure with my wife because I didn't treat her as though she was the wisdom that held our marriage together. That raised just a lot of things. I treated her like she was my wife, the mother of my children. This is my house. We have to do things this way. I didn't treat her the way that God showed me who she was. And in that particular chapter, the, the rabbi said that she is my eyes, my ears, and my voice. And you just ain't getting it. And I broke into tears. I was crying. And folks, if you've had eight and a half hours of surgery on your side of your neck, the last thing you want to do is cry and get choked up because now I can't breathe and I've got all this stuff going on in my throat and I'm choking, but I'm emotional and I felt, I felt for the first time a tremendous sorrow for the reason I was divorced for the very first time. And I was like, oh, Father, forgive me, because he showed me that what his daughters were, who his daughters were, why they exist was because they are the very thing that holds all of this together. They are the heart of creation. And I saw it, and I can't explain it beyond that. I, re I read Skip Moen's book uh, afterwards, and I had written a book called Women the Garden or Women the Crown Jewel of Creation. I didn't know about Skip Moen, and then I'm reading Skip's book, and I'm going, oh, my God, he's got a whole lot of the material that I wrote in my book, so I can't release the book. And it was really the Spirit of the Lord showed me something that Skip Moen was talking about. Now, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with him, and I'm running out of time. I want to get to the heart of all of this and why I want you and, and strongly encourage you to become a member of Dina's website just so... 
on my say-so. You can get wisdom and the world outside of time or a wise woman builds her house. Or go to her website and buy these two teachings. They're $24.95 and one is $19.95. And particularly women, particularly women because the restoration of God's daughters has to begin. It has to happen. It has to be. Listen, a rabbi told me if your society is full of violence, it's because women are treated violently. If your society is full of death, it's because your children are killed in the womb. You know, this all ties in. If you destroy the wisdom in the house, then the, what you create is chaos. And that's what we have in the in America. So I get it. And that's, that's a, I, I could get sidetracked. So anyway, to finish my story, because we're, we're long, I'm crying, I'm choked up, I can't breathe, and the phone rings. And it's my wife who has divorced me, haven't talked to her for six months. And she says, how are you doing? And I'm going, I'm choking, I got stuff drooling out of my nose, I can't breathe, and I, I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, how are you? And I'm trying to pretend as though the cancer surgery is the reason I'm all screwed up, can't talk. And she goes, well, I, I think I made a mistake. She said, would you, would you ever, uh, would you ever consider, you know, changing this divorce? And I said, you know, we both made a few mistakes. You want to come home? Come home. And that was the beginning of the restoration of my marriage. But while I was talking to her, the spirit of the Lord said, now you're ready to serve my daughter, because you understand the wisdom of my daughters. And that was the catalyst that brought my marriage back together with my wife. We've been married now 2011, five years, restoring 30 years, 31 plus years. So folks, the reason why I'm, I'm going to close today and, and it's, it's wisdom and the world outside of time and a wise woman builds her house. I pray that you will get these two teachings and get plugged into what Dr. Dina Dye is really all about because it is incredible for such a time as this. Scott, thank you so much for uh, kind of being there on the sidelines. And uh, My pleasure. You know, I, I got to tell you, folks, I, I just love what Dina Dye is bringing forward. And so I'm, I'm almost honored to be a part of her world and do this show. So I thank you all for joining us. I'm returning to Eden. Dr. Dina Dye, I hope we'll be back next week. I'm not sure how the revive thing's going to work. We haven't talked about that. But uh, stay tuned. We're going to keep going with this because it's really important. And for all the ladies, the daughters, the wives, the women, please get those two teachings. You will not be disappointed. This is Jeff returning to Eden. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.